Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Circling the Bases podcast. I'm your host, Matt Williams. And this week we are going to be reviewing the first like week and a half of the season now that we've had a full week of the MLB season. And we're going to continue to look at some early season indicators. This time we are going to be talking pitch mix changes, or in some cases, brand new pitches that some teams have been, or some players have been debuting. And joining me on the show is uh, Mr. Batflip Crazy himself, Toby G. What is up, Toby? Thank you for dropping in. Yeah, Matt, thanks so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. It's early in the season. Uh, everybody's excited or, or disappointed already, I think, in a lot of players. So I'm um, excited to kind of dive in a little bit uh, more deep. I'm a Mets some of these pitchers and pitches. I, I'm a Mets fan. We've played uh, roughly one third of the games everyone has, but twice yeah. as much sadness as yeah. everyone else. So we worked it all uh, into a short period of time. So yeah, we, just just when it looks like things are turning around, Degrom continues to get the no decisions. So. <laughs> like one of the best games he's ever thrown. Yeah, uh, he, he'll he'll actually be someone we talk to in pitch mix changes. He's doing something very interesting, which I don't know if it'll stick. Weird early season stuff, but. Um, other than like, we're going to talk about pitch mixes. What do you look for just before we get into this? When we're a week and a half in, a lot of stuff doesn't stabilize until minimum May. You can start to peak earlier than that if you're, you know, you'll want, but you kind of usually want to wait until then to look at some stuff. But what do you look at early? Like, uh, let the audience know what are you looking for when you're trying to see uh, how to make aggressive waiver wire moves or what you want to do early in the season? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about tonight, you know, looking for pitchers who are throwing uh, new pitches, looking for pitch mix changes. It's obviously very difficult to identify, I think, early in the season, just because so much can be impacted by like opponent. Right. So, yep. you know, a pitcher may throw different pitches, the lefties and righties, or they, they probably do, at least for breaking stuff. And so depending on who they're facing on any day, it may change the, the pitch mix. But we're trying to just look for those types of nuggets. I try to focus really on the skill level as opposed to um, like the results, you know? So instead of maybe focusing on strikeouts or walks, I'm trying to see the percentage of pitches that are balls. I'm trying to look at CSW. I'm trying to look at swinging strike rate. I'm trying to kind of get a sense of some of those skills that maybe have a little bit of a larger sample size because they rely on they're like pitch level metrics instead of per, per batter metrics. But yep. again, you know, with everybody, you know, you, if you play the Orioles twice, you're probably going to have a really good strikeout rate right at this point in the season. You know? <laughs> yeah. Not, they're not even a, the healthy Orioles. They have, you know, they have some guys that are injured as well. So you're not even facing a healthy Orioles lineup. Um, yeah. On the offensive side, I know people know, I, I like to talk about max X velocity. It's different this year because, 
Uh, balls are flying out of the park a little faster. Uh, some smart people working on it, like Alex Chamberlain, Connor Kirkon. Um, it looks like, I guess it's semi-agreed upon that it looks like the uh, X, max X velocity growth starts at around 1.6%. So in those charts I've been putting out, that's like where I'm trying to gauge. So, you know, it's it's all flawed early season. So we were, we look at what we look at, uh, whatever works for you in the past. Uh, but, you know, this year is very unique. Uh, so before we dive into it, before we continue, here's a special offer for our listeners for NBC Sports Edge. Use promo code BASES10, you know, circling the BASES podcast. Use BASES10 for 10% off any premium subscription to NBC Sports Edge. It can be uh, monthly, annual for any tier. Uh, not only do you get the access to the baseball season, we also get covers N- NBA, NHL that's going on right now, and the NFL. So it's a great value, can help you play baseball, and it has a hand in all of your sports. So remember, pr- promo code BASES10, and you can get into all all of our premium content. So diving right into it. Um, first, we're going to start with just brand new pitches. Said so we're going to talk about pitch mix. These are just brand new pitches. Pitches players haven't thrown before. At least they didn't throw last year or it's a different variation of something they've thrown in the past. Starting right out with Nate Evaldi of the Red Sox. One thing before we get into this, we were, me and Toby were talking before the show. It all depends um, what website you're looking at. Brooks Baseball, Baseball Savant, Fangraphs, they all – Categorize pitches a little differently. Sliders and cutters look close. Um, sinkers, uh, you know, it, it just depends. Uh, sinkers and changeups can look similar depending on how they move. There's a lot of different things that, um, you know, w- whether it's looking at movement, whether it's looking at the, the way uh, a pitch, uh, the RPMs of a pitch, it, it, they look at different things. I personally like baseball savant for pitch mix only because when I've asked them, they said that they're tiebreakers. They just ask the pitcher, which, you know, seems good to me. So um, that's what we're going to be going on. So hey, starting with Nadia Valdi says that he's throwing a brand new slider, which he's thrown one in the past, but didn't throw one last year. Again, according to baseball savant, which is Statcast, And now he's thrown one 16.7% of the time and he's having pretty good success with it. So uh, have you gotten a chance to peek any of Nate Evaldi? I know you were talking about lining up against the Orioles early, so we're going to kick things yeah. off with Nate Evaldi. Yeah, I mean, I think with Evaldi, one of the things that I also look at look at for pitchers is velocity. I mean, velocity. You know, when you see a player in spring training, or you know, and it's always tough to trust, you know, like the guns that they're using, right? And figuring out what what is real velocity uptick and what is not, but. Um, I always look for that. And with Eovaldi, and it, you know, he's adding that slider. And even though, you know, Fangraph says that he's thrown a slider before, the results have been very, very different from what mm-hmm. his slider was in the past, which I think is really good. So he's got the velo uptick uh, happening, and he also has a, has a pitch that's breaking more than, you know, maybe his traditional cutter or the slider that he was using previously. And the results have been really good. Again, he's, he's gone up at two home starts against Baltimore and Tampa Bay. But, you know, Tampa Bay isn't, isn't, um, isn't the worst lineup in the world. And you can't ask for much more than what he's been able to do so far. And so mm-hmm. I think the combination of that new pitch and the, and the velocity definitely makes me trust him a little bit more than I have in the past. I mean, it's all early season. We've mentioned all the reasons why. I mean, the pitch is working good. 2.3 P-Val so far, which is tremendous. He's only throwing it in the zone 36.7% of the time. That's not going to continue over a full season. That'd be really bizarre. Only 66.7 in zone contact, which is great. But again, in the past, it's been in the 80s. But like we said, it's not the same pitch. So it'll be it'll be interesting to watch going forward. Eovaldi's whole problem is health anyway. But if he stays healthy, this definitely looks like a promising pitch for him. Uh, Tarek Skubal. He's, he's whipped out a couple of pitches. Not that they've necessarily helped yet. <laughs> uh 
but I'm hoping that that's just a matter of, you know, this guy has thrown nothing but fastballs his entire career. Uh, you know, not even a high velocity fastball. And he's been able to rack up a ton of strikeouts in the minors. He's now throwing a splitter 7.4% of the time and a knuckle curve 9.3% of the time. So, um, yeah, Tarek Skubal, is he someone you were invested in uh, before the season? Someone that, uh, you know, you I, thought? I wasn't. I actually no. have zero. I have zero shares. I've got a lot of teams and I have zero shares of Scooball, I think it was just a matter of liking some guys more, uh, kind of where he was going in drafts, uh, because he did have some helium. And, and so when you have all those helium guys, you kind of got to pick your two or three that you're going to go with. And I didn't go with him. The results so far have not been good. I think it's a little bit worrisome. You know, the velo is down uh, from last year uh, as well. So a little bit concerning. The splitter is obviously great, but Again, you know, uh, the results haven't been terrific. A 6.7% swinging strike rate, at least on fan graphs. You know, I like to look at swinging strike rate. I like to look at chase rate or O-swing. 10% here, you know, people are making contact on the pitch inside the zone. So it may be a new pitch. Who, who knows how long it'll stick around if it continues to get the results that it has. Yeah, the, um, I mean, it's, it's fooling people. The splitter, I should say. CSW on its 41.7%, which is called strikes plus whiffs if anyone's not familiar listening. Uh, but again, that's 41.7%. Whiff rate zero. Um, so I, he's just sneaking it in there for people that aren't expecting it. And, you know, it's really early. So uh, it could get better. It could be significantly worse. Uh, so only time will tell. But you know, Casey Mize, his teammate, he's looking good. His velocity's up. Uh, he's, I don't know, is he, I have not many shares of either. I think I grabbed a couple of Scooble just because uh, I do have a vast array of the back end sleepers. So I think I just end up sprinkling in a couple. But I know I didn't grab any of Mize because. Man, did he look terrible last year. <laughs> I didn't expect this out of the gate. Yeah, I, I have one or two on Mize just because during spring training, his velocity was up as well. And mm -hmm. That's really what I'm looking for in spring training for pitchers is, is that can create dramatic changes for a guy. Yeah. I mean, he pitched all right, but um, I, I looked at the box score, so I'm going off a of memory here. I don't have Savant up, but I think he only had an 18% CSW during that game, um, and his, his whiff rate was pretty low. So – you know, I think that's one of the things that I'm trying to focus on is the results can be the results can be good for anyone, right? Like yep. you get a you get lucky on balls in play, and and the, and the results can be good. But when the CSW is that low, like 18% is incredibly low. Mm -hmm. um, and league average is around 30 for anyone listening. Yeah, and, and and the whiff rate was also I think he had like six whiffs on 90 pitches or something like that. It was very low as well. So. I'm not, I'm not super interested at this point in time because the velocity has to mean something. And I can't remember who they were going up against, but I don't think it was, I think it was Cleveland maybe that he threw against in his first start. And their, their lineup is not one that scares me too much. So, you know, again, anything can happen in one start. So you don't just want to focus on that, but that's what we have to go on. And, and I wasn't super impressed even, even with the velocity increase. Yeah. I mean, I, I said, I don't have any shares either. It's a, he uh, he's always been able to get some punch outs um, even when he's struggling. So I guess I can see it's exciting to watch. I always want to watch like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, like you said, I see what you see, but I was like, I'm expecting to see more. 
<laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, he's someone I watch all year. Uh, two guys back to back here, uh, Lance McCullers and Tyler Glass. Now a couple of high end pitchers, both worked in a, a new slider and it's not like they squeaked it into their arsenal. It's like a main piece. Lance McCullers will start with 34.4% of the time. He went from not throwing one to it being his primary pitch so far. And it's, it's been like a, a pretty massive weapon. Um, when I watch it on video, it doesn't appear it doesn't actually look too impressive. The results are great. Like glass now looks more impressive to me. Uh, I don't know if it's where McCullers is placing it. He almost seems to throw it right in the middle of the zone. Uh, and, and that kind of worries me like going forward, if he can't harness where he wants to put it more, that could come to bite him. But what are your takes on Lance McCullers? Who's really leaning on the slider early. Yeah. I mean, McCullers, um, McCullers has looked pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think back in the last season, he was looking pretty good. You always worry a little bit about the walks and the quality of contact that he's giving up. But, you know, him adding new weapons is certainly something to, um, you know, it's something of interest because he's a very good pitcher. And even the results, when healthy, have been fairly good, especially from at least an ERA perspective. The whip has been a little up and down. But, um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's I like always good when you're, you're an injury-prone player and your own team – has enough confidence to sign you to a long-term contract. That's, that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. And I mean, you know, I'm just looking at the results so far again, nothing to write home about the one thing that I was worried about on McCullers, which is kind of showing up a little bit so far was at the end of last year, his control metrics actually got a lot worse, mm -hmm. but we didn't see a change in his walk rate. And so for me, I worry a little bit about that because it tells me that I'm not sure that we should continue to expect you know, that good walk rate. And so I'm looking at no pitches with a, with above league average O swing, you know, on fan graphs, which is about 30, 31% um, for league average, even the slider, not generating that. It's also not generating whiffs at the rate that sliders normally do. And that's what I think is important to always contextualize like how well a pitch is doing. We can say like, Oh, this, this slider has a 14% swing and strike rate. That's awesome. Well, actually like sliders in general have a higher uh, swing strike rate than that league average wise. And so you always have to be comparing kind of apples to apples in terms of how, how a pitch is performing. So yeah. McCullers has looked okay, but under the hood, you know, I, I'm not necessarily sold at what I'm looking at so far. And something to remember too, for, for the audience is new pitches have kind of a, uh, like a peekaboo effect early on where the, you know, the scouting report isn't there for the most part. Some of, some of these pitches have been thrown in spring training, but the opposing hitters are seeing them for the first time. So they could overperform early, uh, especially from like a called strike perspective too, because they're just not used to seeing it. So it's always good to, you know, everything's a small sample size and it's just good to watch these. Uh, Tyler Glass now, I don't know. I, I'm biased because I, I like Tyler Glass now. I, I'm well aware of his flaws, uh, but his, his slider did look pretty fantastic. It's just... Um, he just dropped right off the page. At least it's the way I feel it should be used. He's using exactly how, like if I wanted to give Tyler glass now a slider, he's been using it that way so far. So of the two between McCullers and glass now, um, he he's impressed me a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, glass now has been incredibly, uh, uh, he's, I mean, he's been phenomenal. Um, and I think the slider for him is so important because he really just had those two pitches and it seemed yeah. like towards, you know, this, the back end of, of last year, pitchers or hitters started to realize a little bit that he couldn't throw that curveball in the zone, you know? And so when he, um, when he couldn't throw the curveball in the zone, he had a 32.8% zone percentage, you know, they could really sit on the fastball, um, you know, especially, in, and I think, I can't remember exactly who it was, but somebody pointed out that he only threw the curveball in certain counts. Yeah made it a little bit more predictable for for hitters. But now he's incorporating this third pitch. 
He's actually throwing it a lot more than the curveball. Um, its performance has been pretty, you know, it's been okay. It hasn't has necessarily been elite, but I think what it does do is it helps him play up that curveball a little bit more, different movement, gives him that third pitch. And I think that's going to help him just across the board, you know, going, going deeper into games, being a little bit more efficient, which I know has been an issue for him, you know? And so uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely uh, interested. I, I, I was not in on glass now just because of the, um, where he was going in drafts this year. Hmm. But, um, you know, I'm a little sad that I don't have him right now because it looks like, you know, he's uh, he could be taking that next step into truly elite uh, starting pitchers, especially if he gets that volume this year. I I ran into some shares of him. It wasn't necessarily targeting him. When I went like um, – I know you loved, you know, pocket aces is you, um, when, a, when, a, when a draft was going heavily that direction and I just went like hitter, hitter, th- this is the kind of pitcher I would almost end, end up with. Uh, I tried to get Corbin Burns as much and I have a ton of him mm. and we'll get to him, but Tyler Glass has another one where I want to try to get that kind of risky ace. Uh, Christian Javier is actually one of the few pitchers that have increased velocity so far this season that has stuck through both starts. Um, he's now at the alt site merely because, um, you know, uh, n- they don't need certain teams don't need another pitcher for so many games. So, you know, don't try to think into that. Tanner Hawks, another one. Uh, there's a lot of examples where they'll be back up at some point soon. They're just not needed. He's throwing a knuckle curve now, 14.3% of the time. It's not necessarily a fantastic pitch, uh, but it, it is uh, sometimes you have to look at how it affects the other pitches he's throwing. And he's obviously doing very, very well so far. Yeah, I mean, Javier is like a, a magician to me because his skills are, are terrible. Like when you look at like his swinging strike rate, even his CSW, yeah. when you look at like the underlying skills, they're not good. And yet somehow he has managed to be good, you know, at the start of this year, but then also last year, right? Like his ratios were, were fine despite, you know, looking like he should have bad control and not be able to strike guys out. So it'll be interesting to see if it continues, but even, you know, still this year, like there's nothing super impressive, you know, other than the velo increase that he's, um, that he's been able to, uh, to make happen. But the four seems playing up a little bit because the velo increase that you mentioned, you know, the slider, um, you know, uh, is, is generating more whiffs, but you know, the curveball, you know, uh, 4.2% <laughs> swinging strike rate, 15.4% O swing, even yeah. like the whiffs in CSW are really, Poor, really poor. So <laughs> really it's poor. Like, well, it's you know, like you, some... you, you, I think you nailed it. He's like smoke and mirrors. So even though this pitch isn't great, maybe it plays into his strength. He has higher velo and then you, you can't sit on anything. So even though nothing's great, you can't really like, he keeps you off balance. And sometimes that's enough. Um, but yeah, long-term who knows? Yeah, <laughs> It's interesting. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> he reminds me of Carlos Rodon. I think it was in like in 2019, he had yeah. a half year. Former closer, like, Carlos Rodon, always. Yeah, <laughs> he had like a 180 Babbitt for like 12 starts or something like that. And I was just like, he can't keep doing this. He can't <laughs> keep doing this. And then he had like two starts where he gave up eight runs and like, you know, or like 12 runs and two innings or something like that to even it all out. So I'm just waiting for that to happen to Javier because I have zero. I don't have him on any teams because I just didn't believe in the skills heading into the season. Uh, someone up a very upset Marcus Stroman, who the Mets wheeled out there for, I don't know why for three batters or two batters or whatever it was today. And I don't understand. Uh, he's throwing that split change. It was, it was very, uh, known. He, he posted videos of him throwing it as a Mets fan. I was actually worried. I don't like when people add new pitches necessarily all the time, especially with someone who 
is like he does the stop stuff like uh, not necessarily as crazy as Johnny Cueto, but he'll stop during his his uh you know his mechanics and he does all these different things. But I mean he's looked he looked great in his first start. And um when he first came over the Mets, he looked like he was trying to stop being the ground ball guy we all love and tried to strike more guys out. His first start was a lot of grounders. So I don't know if he's trying to like morph the two together, but so far so good. I, I get a good feeling for what he's going to do this year. The split change has a 100% whiff rate. <laughs> he hasn't thrown like too many one start, like I said, but uh, you know, what do you think of Marcus Stroman? Are you in on him? Uh, you know, I, I, I always like Stroman just cause he's a, he's fairly reliable. The ratios are pretty good. He's never been bad. Strikeouts are a little bit of a concern. I oftentimes don't find myself drafting him just because I don't see as much upside. But certainly, I think one thing that I do really like about him is, you know, on Twitter, he's very active. And I think he makes it really clear that he's interested in learning more. So it is nice to see him incorporate the pitch. Again, you know, the results have not been super effective yet, but we're looking at one start. And so we just don't know how that's going to, how that'll play out. Um, and again, you know, small, small sample. Uh, you know, I'm not super excited by what I've seen so far by, that specific pitch, but I do think he's going to be a really good pitcher this year. Um, and it'll just be a question, like you mentioned, of whether he, whether he's able to get to that next level in terms of strikeouts or not. Uh, we'll cruise through a couple, a couple more real quick of the new pitches. Taiwan Walker also on the Mets debuted a new slider. I, I actually, maybe I wasn't paying attention to spring training. He, I watch his first sight of the year and I see this thing that looks like a slider. I'm like, he doesn't throw a slider and he just keeps throwing it. He just keeps throwing it 31% of the time. And it, it worked for him. Uh, so I, I was hesitant on him being able to, because you look at all the underlying numbers. He looked like he out kicked his coverage last year. He pulls in this new slider. He looked pretty good in his first start. Again, one start, but uh, he looked decent. If you if you drafted him, you didn't pay much for him. Uh, I'm just hoping that he's a solid, like you know, number four starter. Carlos 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 Carrasco comes back. But as uh, do you think he can be more than that? Do you think that there's a chance he can be closer to what we saw last year um, with this new slider? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing with him that we talked about earlier on is velocity bump. I mean, he's up one and a half miles per hour on his in his debut start, and so that can help uh, help that new pitch uh, be a little bit more successful. I think it's it's super helpful because it's at you know fifteen point six percent swinging strikes rate so far. And when you look at his arsenal last year, he only had one pitch that had double digit swinging strike rate, mm -hmm. and so that's kind of the next step that he needs to take in his development as a pitcher. And it's nice to see both through the velocity increase and uh, that 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 new slider um, that he's he's actually has a pitch that we could see develop into you know a, a knockout pitch or a pitch that can help him get those strikeouts instead of relying on on poor quality of contact to get outs. Uh, we could skip over Kyle Gibson pretty quickly. One horrible well, uh... start, one very very good start. So he's through the through the cutter nineteen. 0.3% of the time. And in his second starter was really working for him. The first one is, is he, I mean, you kind of have to throw it out. I mean, it was, I mean, he got hit hard real fast and that throws everything off. But uh, if you look at the, if you look at how he was using this, it, it works really well off the other pitches he's throwing. So I, I had him in a couple of leagues. I didn't benefit from his la latest start because I did sit him, but I didn't cut him like a lot of people were. So uh, where are you on Kyle Gibson? Yeah, I mean, out of all the pitches we've talked about, it's probably the best one, you know, maybe outside of Aobaldi's. Mm -hmm. um, uh, or actually, no, no, I'm thinking about I'm, I'm thinking about uh, his slider. I mean, the one good thing about a cutter as you develop it, he has a 13.6% swinging strike rate on it. I was looking at his slider. I mean, Kyle Gibson is like, 
this guy, you know, he's this pitcher and he has an incredible slider and an incredible changeup from like a skills perspective, but still just does not have the fastball to be successful. And so maybe the cutter, you know, if he throws it enough and he kind of, and we've seen that from some guys like Joe Musgrove is a good example where, you know, they're kind of fading the hard stuff and going with, with some soft stuff more. And maybe that's a, maybe given what his arsenal looks like, if he can get that cutter to be a little bit more of a successful quote unquote fastball for him, mm-hmm. um, it can help him thrive. But again, you know, playing with Kyle Gibson is playing with fire, as you mentioned, <laughs> and we've seen that already this year, right? It's like, you get this golden start, you know, his second time around, but of course you weren't starting it because he got crushed that first one. So, you know, definitely one to monitor, especially like, I mean, in 15 team leagues, he probably went in fab. You know, I, I can't, I can't remember how frequently he went in my fab that ran earlier on NFBC. I imagine he went in a lot of leagues, at least for speculative bids, but in, in shallower leagues, definitely keep an eye on him because if he were ever to be able to put it together with that pitch mix, uh, he could be a real, a real gem. Um, and, and and pitchers that have like a good slider, sometimes it doesn't work for everyone, but when they stack it with a cutter, it's nice because they act separately. They act similarly, but the you know the slider will be a lot harder and dive off the page a little more. And usually you can control the cutter a little more. A great example we'll talk to him in a little bit is Corbin Burns. He started mm. laying the. I mean, he started throwing the cutter last year. Started really laying it on thick now, so he can like uh, you know someone with control problems. He throw that sinker. He'll throw the. Uh, he'll paint the corners with the sinker and the cutter, and then boom, throw the slider. So. It's something interesting there. The last guy we'll talk about with uh, the new you, you say Kikuchi too. I feel like yeah, throws yes. that cutter slider combo. Mm-hmm. And and I I didn't watch him a ton last year, but I watched him against the Twins, and you could see how that works, right? Where yeah, where just the the movement it starts out looking exactly the same, but there's just so much more movement on the slider. Yeah, and, you know, and it, it, it's all about pitch sequencing too. You throw you know the slider will go off the page, off the page, and then they'll see this pitch that they're going to completely lay off and boom, you, you paint the corner with this cutter and then, you know, they're confused. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's good. It's, it's just a matter of uh, pitch mix and proper sequencing, which is something, you know, that we'll, you know, you have to see how these new pitches will end up working for these guys. It's impossible to tell sequencing to, through a start. Uh, Jeff Hoffman, everyone's favorite Jeff Hoffman escapes, escapes Colorado, goes to Cincinnati. I remember everyone joking that, uh, um, to stack Jeff Hoffman once he got out of there. Anyway, slider 15.7% of the time has worked beautifully. Uh, I was not in on Hoffman as much as I was joking. Maybe I should have been. Uh, I put in some bids, didn't get him. A lot of people were a lot more aggressive in fab. So uh, Jeff Hoffman, are you a believer in the Spincinnati version of Jeff Hoffman? You know, I am. Um... I was actually big on on Jeff Hoffman in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, in my draft Champions League, 50 team, uh, 50 player draft and holds, I have him on about 67% of my roster. So I have him like, I don't know, on like 10 to 12 teams or something like that. And um, and I, I it was it was the Spincinnati, but it was more just he already had the fastball velocity, he already had the fastball spin. He actually already had two, one change and, and um, either slider or curve that he threw in Colorado. That were pretty effective pitches, but you know he just pitches in Colorado. So I was very interested to see what they would do. I actually moved on from him this week. I was not I was not impressed necessarily with what I saw in the first start. Um, I certainly wasn't impressed with the Diamondback start. You know he just couldn't generate um, uh, he just couldn't generate the whiffs. You know against the Diamondbacks, and if you can't do it against the Diamondbacks, the velo's <laughs> down as well. Um, I just really couldn't get on board. So I actually moved on from him, uh, from, from him this week. He's just not somebody that I can trust at this point in time. And I'm not going to start him this week. I probably wouldn't be able to feel comfortable starting him that, that next week, unless he made some real strides. 
And so I moved on from him, but, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Honestly, the main reason I was out on him off season is I didn't think he'd find the rotation. Uh, they had a, like a run of injuries that's, that, you know, has given him the opportunity. I just, I just didn't think he'd get in the rotation. Uh, but anyway, moving into the actual picks mix changes, these are pitches that have been thrown and they're being thrown differently. We're going to start at the top with a lot of popular guys. So we don't have to spend a lot of time here. Cause I mean, there's nothing actionable really, but uh, Jacob DeGrom, you know, obviously in Fuego has thrown his fastball 44.9% of the time last year. Now 73.8% of the time. There's a couple of pitchers that have been really leaning hard on the four seamer. I don't remember. I mean, I understand it's the beginning of the season and they just have a better feel, but I don't remember two starts in people going this heavy, but a couple of pitchers have, I mean, am I wrong? Has this happened before? Cause I, I know they've gone heavy with the fastball early, but I don't remember being this heavy. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I was looking at that and just, I mean, I think the thing is from last year, I want to say the swinging strike rate on his, on his four seam was 18.5%, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, and he also, and he bumped it up, you know, another mile per hour or whatever on his four seam this year. I wonder if he's just like, I mean, nobody can hit it. Right. So <laughs> I'm generating. Except like, for Jazz Chisholm. He's the only guy. <laughs> yeah, Jazz Chisholm is the only one. And, and thankfully all the other team needs to do is score one run to beat the Mets in DeGrom starts. But I just wonder if that's it. Like, you know, he's just challenging hitters and seeing if they can keep up with it. And if they can't, then he's just going to continue to do it. And obviously you have to mix it up a little bit and he's got the weapons to be able to do that. So I think, um, and yeah, all his I, other weapons are still fantastic. Yeah. Um, so he's just, he's just not throwing them yet. Yeah. He's, he's incredible. I mean, DeGrom is just, he's to go as, as they all say. Uh, uh, Garrett Cole, another fantastic uh, pitcher. He's decided to up his uh, change up from 5.6 to 14.4%, which has been working really good. I mean, if you have a good fastball and you throw a decent change up, it's going to work. It's like the most tried and true thing you could possibly do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, Cole is another one where it's hard to, hard to pick, like, you know, pick at anything he does as, as good or bad. And, and I wonder how much of what he's been using is just, kind of working the the lineups, you know, if they're stacking lefties against him or, or whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, if he can, if he can continue doing what he's doing in terms of the four seam swinging strike rate, and then those, uh, those secondary pieces, like the sliders at 28% swinging strike rate change up 21.4%. I mean, that change up's never been as good as it has been so far early in the season, again, two games. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's nice. And his velo is up a little bit too, I think, which, which always helps. And it's not like even, even at that level where you're, you already throw, you're one of the hardest throwers in the game, just bumping it up just half a mile per hour can, can make it considerably harder to. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. 
Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh, to catch up with it, so. Yeah, once you reach that threshold, like 92, 93, up to 95, and then, yeah, it's just it's just little changes make a big deal. Uh, Shane Bieber, the other, the trio that was going in the, the upper half of the first round of most drafts early on, he had his velocity was down in his first start. He was pitching in a blizzard. It was back up to normal in his second start. He's throwing a slider uh, 11.6% of the time last year, up to 31.3. And he's like annihilating people with this pitch. 72.2% uh, uh, whiff rate. And I don't, I mean, I doubt he's going to keep it at 31% the entire year. But um, yeah, so far it's intriguing how much he's throwing this thing. Yeah, I mean, Bieber has has looked incredible as well. It's remarkable. He also doesn't have a win yet this year, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, he obviously struggled a little bit early on in that in that start against the Tigers, but he's got so many weapons, um, and he's just such a good pitcher. I think the the doubt on Bieber, I hope, it, I hope it's left everybody at, at this point in time. Um, he's just – he's unbelievable. Um, the I mean, there's, there's no pitcher that has better – secondaries than he does obviously he doesn't have the best fastball in the world but he doesn't need it um so well it's funny people have doubts because i mean he gives up hard contact and home runs like guess what justin verlander in his cy young seasons gave up a lot of home runs like but they're solo home runs (laughs) Uh, but you know max scherzer he gives up home runs you know it's not necessarily a bad thing as long as you're not loading the bases and giving up home runs it's not it's not a huge problem Yeah. And I mean, guys have to be able to make contact in order to do that. Right. And I mean, uh, his swinging strike rate is 22.2% so far this year. Like he's in, in both of his starts. Like I remember we were watching the Tigers start. He was like, Oh, he's getting lit up. And you're looking at the whiffs and you're just like, he's his CSW was like 45 or something like that. Like he just, uh, just unbelievably just, it's, 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 it's so much fun to watch him pitch. And just to watch the movement that he's able to generate on those pitches is is incredible. And now that he's got that velocity back, I think obviously we're a little concerned with that first start. But now that it's back, now that he's pitching in reasonable weather, I mean, enjoy enjoy Bieber this year. Yeah, and I love the I do love non non context arguments like oh, you believe this guy gave up five home runs this month? Like he only gave up five hits this month. <laughs> they're only they're all home runs. But there are only five hits. Not that that ever happened. I'm I'm obviously making that up. Trevor Bauer. Uh, as long as I don't know, I I, I want to insert a joke there. It won't bother. It's it's low hanging fruit. He's throwing his cutter thirty three percent of the time, up from nineteen point seven, and it's been working for him. Other than that one inning in Colorado, we got lit up. He's been very very solid. I uh, I don't know if there's much to say here. Trevor Bauer's does crazy stuff constantly, and just he's just another one of those guys that increased his cutter usage and. He's just using it to set up his other stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, he's been he's been fine. I mean, he's another guy who, who for me is like a little smoke and mirrors. Like the mm-hmm. Babbitt's at one thirty so far this year. Last year was it was the lowest of I think any starting pitcher. But um, the cutter's been good. You know, it's it's about as good as it was last year so far this year. 
uh, he's got a repertoire and and he throws it. So <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. That's a T-shirt, Trevor Bauer. He, uh, he the shrug emoji, Trevor Bauer. He has a repertoire and he throws it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Corbin Burns, we 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 mentioned already. Uh, he has he already threw his cutter thirty one point five percent of the time. So basically, where Trevor Bauer is now was last year. Now he's throwing it forty nine point one percent of the time, and like there's no reason for him to stop. He probably will, but uh, last year, sing, you know, before last year, uh, he was just throwing the slider and fastball, and he felt that the slider and fastball kind of merged too closely together and it became predictable. He started mm-hmm. throwing a sinker a bunch, and then now this year, um, the cutter took over as his chief pitch. And um, you know, and he, I, I, if you're a baseball fan, you know how great he's been so far. Yeah, he's he's been uh, so much fun to watch, and he's the one guy I have FOMO on. You know, I did not draft him just because of where he was going in drafts. I thought it was a little, it was a little high. He'd only done it for half a year, but I believed everything that I saw, you know, like I looked at it and I was like, this is really good. Um, and I just, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get him. Um, I, I, I talked myself, I talked myself into him. Like I do the player threads and I did his entire one. And I, I wasn't in like in, in on him. I believed what I saw. But then I did the thread and then I was all in because I saw some stuff behind the scenes. Like he hired a mental strength coach, someone who trains mm-hmm. like Navy SEALs just to just to for him to handle his day to day activity, to spend every waking minute getting better. And I'm just look, going through his work ethic on how he goes in and he, he studies all this stuff. And I was like, OK, I'm just sold on this guy. Um, it, you know, the innings are still a thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, this year it looks more and more like it, it's going to be maybe closer. The top and middle may be closer than we a lot of people anticipated. But I just talked myself into him from back end stuff. So, you know, it's early, but uh, moving on to Steven Strasburg. He's also got the hair. He's got yes, the hair. Absolutely. I mean, the hair is phenomenal. <laughs> and watching him like in between pitches you know, uh, get the hair prepped is, uh, is, is, is pretty, pretty, well, awesome. you know, I mean, it's been a week and a half. I know we talked, we, I probably talked about this last episode a little bit, but just cause I have you here, are we watching that Burns Barrios game? Has, has there ever been like dueling perfect games oh, like man. that? That was crazy. I was watching that. That was a thing of beauty. And I, I'm actually pretty invested in, um, in Barrios this year. I have a decent amount of him. And so watching that, you know, they were both up below wise. I don't know if they were just pumped because of spring training or what, but that was fantastic to watch. It was kind of the opposite of, there was one other game. I think it was maybe like, uh, maybe it was the Trevor Williams game or something, but there was one other game where they, the pitchers were throwing like a no hitter through four, but it was the exact opposite. They had like two combined strikeouts, you know, <laughs> and Burns and Barrios were just like unbelievably good in that game. It was sad that neither of them got the W there, but yeah, that was. But yeah, not was only was it dueling perfect ball. games through six, they both yeah, they both had double digit strikeouts. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Steven Strasburg with the offseason carpal tunnel, and then he cut a ligament loose he didn't need in his body or something crazy. He is throwing his sinker. Last year was basically like non-existent, one point two percent. Now he's throwing. He threw it fifteen percent of the time. Um, not much to go on, but it'll be interesting to see if he, if he uses that anything non-stressful to the arm that Steven Strasburg can throw on a, on a consistent basis is, is nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I was totally out just because of that injury news. And I know his velocity was down considerably in that last start. Um, I haven't been able to check in to see where it is comparatively, but, um, uh, here we go. Um, 
it looks like, yeah, he was at 90, he was averaging 91.8 in his first start, which is down from 94.1 last year. So major red flags for me, or at least yellow flags for me there on Strasburg. And I don't know, I wonder how, um, how his, his sinker has played in the past when he's used it um, from a skills perspective. Let's see. Yeah, not not generating the same swinging strike, not generating the same swinging strike. So what you would expect essentially from a sinker. So that's that actually rings some alarm bells for me. Like maybe that is the approach with the the velocity not there right now is to throw that sinker more and try to generate some more ground balls. It's not it's not a bad idea. I mean, for fantasy, it's not going to help you. Uh, other than that, maybe not blow up your box score. But for him, uh, it's a good strategy. Yeah. Joe Musgrove. Uh, no first, no hair in Padres history. I got, I got my Padres Padres hat on for Joey. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, the, uh, the the that's always one of the coolest hats. That, uh, that's not a Mets hat. Um, Cutter, he, he he threw a six point two percent last year, twenty four point seven percent so far. Uh, everything he's throwing is basically fantastic. So uh, yeah, I mean, you have the Joe Musgrove hat on. Tell us about Joe Musgrove. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could say that I had like a ton of Joe Musgrove on my teams, but I don't know. I have him in Dynasty. I picked him up a couple years ago in Dynasty. I've been a big fan for a while. Just the lack of consistency has been troubling, you know, and, and the inability to, especially on his his fastball velocity, whenever it's up, he is really, really good. And he's got the repertoire. I mean, you love to see, like, he's one of those guys you look at this, the pitch splits on fan graphs or, or on, on baseball savant and you just love to dive in because it's, it's a thing of beauty, right? Yeah. Now we have him throwing that cutter more. He's only thrown his fastball and sinker 20% of the time about, uh, which you, you absolutely love to see. So he's been great. I mean, the one thing on Musgrove that, that I will say you know, and, and I don't want to be like the downer, right? But, you know, uh, you, you could look at his BABIP and his strand rate, but uh, he's gone up against Arizona and Texas. He gets Pittsburgh in his next start as well. So they're not all going to be that nice. And so I still think he can be an, a great pitcher, especially if he keeps that that below bump up. Uh, he was at nine, he's been at 93.5 so far this year, according to Fangrass. If he can keep that up, then I think it's going to be really nice because he's always been good when that velocity is 93 plus. Um, instead of 92 to 93. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Joey, even though he's not on my, on any of my teams this year, any of my big teams, at least I'm still looking forward to him being successful because he's been a guy who, who's been on the radar for a while. He got pretty expensive there in draft season, him and, uh, Kevin Gaussman, people were like buying full in and there was no discount on either of them. Uh, Julio, uh, Urias, he's doing fantastic. Like kind of, he did last year the strikeouts don't seem to catch up with uh, the skills he shows on the field. And they haven't really yet so far, but uh, so far he is nine strikeouts, 12 and two thirds. He's now throwing a change up 13.3% of the time last season. Now 24.7% of the time. And it's, it's been a good weapon for him so far. Fantastic results. Just not getting maybe the strikeouts you're hoping for, but where you drafted him and you know, you probably don't necessarily care, but he, again, he was being drafted in that same area as Joe Musgrove. So by no means cheap. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't in on Urias that much either. You know, it was it was a little bit of the K's, you know, not necessarily being there. Um, you know, and then the Dodgers, obviously, you, you're always a little little suspect when it comes to Dodgers pitchers. They're all fantastic. But um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it's fine. The changeup, like you mentioned, has been phenomenal so far this year. Um, so hopefully he can continue to that, continue that progress. You know, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. He's never had that really dominant pitch. Like his slider last year was at 11.8% swinging strike rate. This year so far, only at 6.8%. But if that changeup becomes that knockout pitch that he can throw with two strikes, uh, he could be absolutely phenomenal. And I think it's just a matter of time before before he is. He's just, he's still so young despite the injuries that he's had and um, in such a great situation there. Who are we talking about? Who's the smoke and mirrors guy? It was, it was Christian Ka- Javier. Christian Javier. That's, that's basically like poor man, Salio Urias. This is like his, this is kind of the guy he's looking up to. Yeah. Um, yeah, for, for sure. He wishes he had the skills that Urias had though. Yeah. He's, he's using the game. He's using the blueprint, but like, you know, the at home one, uh, make your own Julio Arias. Uh, let's, let's skip to his teammate real quick. Uh, Dustin may the, the gift King, uh, he's, he's looked, uh, you know, pretty good so far. Same kind of story with Urias. The, 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 the electric replays don't necessarily catch up to the box score. Uh, but he's throwing his four seam fastball. And I guess another thing with DeGrom, which just shocked me, 5.5% last year. He's throwing 28.2% of the time this year. His his sinker is down 51.4, which was his dominant pitch down to 40. So um, it's interesting that he decided to make that uh, to make that change. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the it, it's great. I mean, last year on the four seam, I mean, he didn't throw it that much like you mentioned, but it had 12.5% uh, swinging strike rate. And, you know, so far his sinker actually has a better swinging strike rate than that four seam, only one start, so. We're looking at a microscopic sample here, but yeah, it, it could definitely be, um, I think that could be a, a boon for him. Only 4.8% swinging strike rate last year on that sinker. And so uh, I, I love to see that pitch mix change. And I know everybody's kind of like, you know, I think one of the, one of the hard things is we're early on in the season and people are get people get excited and, you know, it's, it's, um, it's nice to see some guys taking like growth uh, jumps in their development, you know, uh, at least so far, we'll see how, what, what the full season uh, points to, but you know, last year obviously he didn't have the swinging strike rate. He didn't generate the whiffs. Um, he didn't de- generate the strikeouts, and so everybody was saying, "Yeah, he's the gift king," like you mentioned. But you know, and it's not necessarily that he's that that's changed. It's just the pitch mix, like you mentioned, that may have changed and helped him kind of shed that label. So it'll be interesting to see what he does when he gets a few more starts, and then when hitters start to adjust as well to the different pitch mix that. Uh, what to expect uh, going into his start. So should be a really fun, fun player to watch throughout the year. I'm going a little long. The kind people at NBC Sports tell me that I, I tend, I, I go a little long with my shows because I'm enthusiastic and I get a great co- a guest like Toby and, and we'll go on and on and on. So um, let's go to, uh, we're going to go to some streamer deeply guys. I have some pitch mix changes. We'll kind of go rapid fire a little bit through these guys. See if uh, you have interest or not. Logan Webb is kind of teetering between, you know, I guess streamer or deep league because he's probably a guy that you could start most weeks anyway, but this year slider, uh, he's increased from 15.3 to 23.8, which has been a fantastic pitch for him uh, so far. And his sinker has gone up 14.9 to 25.9. So he somewhat reinvented himself entirely uh, going so far with basically the sinker slider like uh, attack. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I'm not super interested in Webb. I know he pitched really well during spring training. So far, though, I mean, he's, he had a really nice matchup against Colorado and, and really didn't do much with that. If you look at what the overall skills are showing, the swinging strike rate is up slightly, but 
struggling struggling with some control. There's some nice, a little bit of nice movement there on some of the, um, you know, his O swing. And, uh, but I'm still not sure I'm I'm that uh, interested in Webb. But like you mentioned, in 15 teamers, certainly take a take a shot at him. He's uh, like a top top of the lo- top of the uh, list streamer, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's the he's the he's the guy like that, that I'll probably yeah I don't know if <laughs> that's a thing. He's the guy that I'll be looking to stream more often than not. Freddie Peralta, you know whether to bring him out of the bullpen or starting, he's he's looked good. Uh, I completely messed up my notes here as I have him uh, throwing a a uh, curveball two hundred fifty nine percent of the time, which mm-hmm. believe it or not is impossible. Mm-hmm. But he is throwing it forty three point eight percent of the time uh, so far this year. Are you a Freddie Peralta believer when you found out he was going to be in the rotation? Yeah, yeah. I mean he's he's uh, I mean the walk the control is an issue, but he looks fantastic. He looked fantastic last year when he was making the move to the bullpen. Again, I didn't like him as much as some people because he his his draft price went up considerably. I think he was going like in 15 team leagues, which is generally what I play. He was going like 10th, 11th round in a lot of, a lot of drafts around. I had a ton of, I had a ton of early shares, but I was, I I was perfectly content with him being a middle reliever. And that's what I was targeting him for in a year where innings were down. I was trying to grab a couple of guys like that to just kind of throw out there and rack up some, maybe vulture, some wins, some saves and some strikeouts. But I mean, it worked out for me, (laughs) but yeah, Yeah. I didn't pick, I didn't pick up any full price Freddie, but I got some discount for sure. I think he's going to be phenomenal. I mean, that pitch was already really good for him last year. He developed that third pitch, which again, thinking about uh, glass now and the the two pitches versus the three is a huge, uh, a huge leap. It can help make a huge leap in your development. And Peralta has been, the control has been a concern, but he's like, it's been very hard to hit him. Uh, and so people haven't been able to take advantage of that. And 18.1% swing strike rate overall is, is amazing. And that's after 17% last year. So he's going to be, uh, he's gonna be fantastic. I wish I had him more places. Uh, speaking of the Orioles, we talked about earlier, you want to target them constantly. They have Bruce Zimmerman. He's looked good. Um, I was skeptical after the first one. I didn't really look too hard. Uh, so I took a deeper look and I'm not saying like I'm over the moon, but he, he threw in, he's throwing his curveball last year was non-existent 1.9. He's up to 19%. I liked what I saw. I mean, I don't know how often I'll be deploying him. Uh, it'll be in special situations, but so far so good. I should say. Yeah, I mean he's looked he's looked fine, and it's not like he's had an easy time. I think he's had the Red Sox both both outings, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's interesting. I need to get under the hood a little bit more on Zimmerman because I I honestly like was just like I, I've never heard of you. I'm, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm not really I'm not really going to invest <laughs> some time, but I'm looking right now at some of the numbers, and and the curveball looks great, the changeup looks great. So maybe I need to uh, spend a little bit more time taking a look at. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman under the hood here. Uh, yeah, it's basically yeah. They, I never heard of you, and then you look at the numbers. It's like the Larry Divot. Okay, okay, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, hey, moving on to uh, Nick Pavetta was the Roto Gut special here. He's throwing his slider. He was twenty percent last year, up to forty one point three. Not that the results have necessarily been stellar, but I mean he's leaning hard into that pitch. Uh, any anything from Nick Pavetta here? Um, not really. He's another velo uptick guy. His velo's up uh, about like a mile, mile and a half, I think. Um, he looked pretty good today until he gave up um, the hard contact, which is which is the Nick Pavetta special, right? And so I think yep. you're going to have to deal with that. You know, the strikeout skills are improving, the velocity is improving, pitch mix is obviously changing for the better, I think. And so I, I definitely think there's there's some 
there's some uh, there's some value there, but I think it's it's going to be ultimately a very dangerous endeavor. Uh, uh, we got two names left. Here's a guy I will never I will never roster. I don't. He could have a the zero ERA for 15 starts. I'm never rostering him. Jake Arrieta, which ironically another typo. I have him with a 2025 ERA, which seems accurate mm-hmm. enough for me. Yeah, that, uh, I, he, I believe it. <laughs> he's throwing his uh, curveball 7.3 percent of the time last year, up to 24.3. The results haven't been. Uh, I mean, the ERA is looking good. He's nine strikeouts in 12 innings. The curveball is working for him, though. So I guess as, as far as a decision, the results have been okay on the curveball. I For the rest of the season, again, I, I couldn't be more out on him. But any any streaming possibilities for Jake Arrieta this year? Do you think he could bounce back to be somewhat useful for anyone? Believe it or not, I actually streamed him. Um, yes. The FBI uh, against the Pirates for his first two starts. Oh, well, that was like, oh, that was a gal. That was a thing. That was a galaxy yeah. brain thing to, to, to draft him intentionally. Yeah, it worked, out, it worked out all right. I think we got one win and a, a nice ERA, but I mean, he's awful. Like the swing strike rate hasn't been above 8.7% in the last five years. You know, it's just been getting worse. He couldn't even honestly do well against the Pirates in two starts, a 1.42 whip there. Again, the ERA was fine, but uh, I am not interested uh, whatsoever in Arietta moving forward unless he has consecutive starts against the Pirates again. Then I might, I might consider it. I probably wouldn't go forward with it, though. And we're going to end the show with Matt's Homer advice of the day. David Peterson, his first pitch on and the box score didn't look great, but he, I mean, he had a rough first inning. His slider, which is what we're going to talk about, he, he bumped up from 25.9 to 38.5%. And he was, it was a great pitch for him. Like, great. Um, he, he's a, he's a bulldog type pitcher, so he's never going to blow people away, but he, you know, he's going to stick around. And if he, if this slider is going to be this good the rest of the year, he's, I think he's definitely someone that you can stream in 12 team leagues. And then in 15 team leagues, I do believe he should be owned everywhere or rostered, but you know, you want to sit him in certain matchups, but I think he looked tremendously better than the box score showed uh, for his first start. Yeah. I actually just, this reminded me, I just checked my fab on, um, on barf on uh, the Bay area Roto fantasy industry league. And I got him because for exactly what you said, the start, the results, and this is what I like to do early on in the season. The results did not look good, but the skills did. And like you mentioned, that slider, throwing it more, uh, more frequently, like he's definitely a target for me. I, I, I like, I like the skills that I saw coming out of that first start and the pitch mix change. And you know, who knows if he's going to continue it or not? But that's that's kind of what I'm looking for, right? That 16.7 percent swinging strike rate coming out of that coming out of the gate uh, with some some uh, really nice O swing, close to 40%. He won't hold that for the rest of the season, but I think that, mm-hmm. that gives us a little bit of hope. And he pitches in a great ballpark um, for a very unlucky team. Uh, so hopefully he can he can overcome that and be successful. At least, at least the defense is a little upgraded from, from what it was last yeah. year. Can so, get worse. Well, We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that wraps up all the pitchers I plan to talk about. Uh, before we get out of here, is there anyone that we didn't mention that uh, you've been interested in so far, uh, starting pitching-wise, that kind of stood out to you? Um, that um, you maybe buy low or sell high, just someone that you're completely out on or you're intrigued by? Yeah, I think the key is really looking at, the, at those velocity gains. One guy that I've never been in on ever, um, but I kind of am now, is Mitch Keller. Uh, of the Pirates. He had a really nice start against the Cubs. Um, I think it was yesterday. All the days are blurring together when Fab Fab runs. 
on my uh, on my on my bench. He had a great start on my bench. Yeah, he had a ton of whiffs, and I think the key for him is is he's he's bumped up that um, velocity. He's at nine. He's sitting ninety five now, uh-huh. um, which is really nice for him. So he's one guy that I was looking at in um, Fab uh, a little bit. Uh, some other guys that I had on my list: Alex Cobb. You know, he's in a better situation now. Um, he's got KC this week because of the rainout, um, which is a nice little. A little boon for him is instead of going up against Minnesota, yeah. uh, Tor- Toronto today and Minnesota next week. So sorry for people who started him this week and didn't get any starts at all. Uh, Wade Miley looked really good in his first start as well. And he's actually been successful, you know, going with the cutter, like we talked about before. Um, and so, you know, who knows what you're going to get there, but he's got another two start week. That's nice this week. So those were some of the guys that I was looking at, but there's nobody that it really has, um, you know, that has really jumped out at me. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Reds do with Hoffman and DeLeon. Obviously, DeLeon got hit up a little bit, but he still had 18 whiffs in, I think, like 80-something pitches. CSW was 37%. So if DeLeon gets another start of the rotation and maybe they drop Hoffman, I, I think it, they're more likely to stick with Hoffman. That could be really interesting, too. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting to, to monitor because, yeah, Sonny Gray's coming back. So there's only one more spot in that rotation, if and one. My, and you see what they're doing. Michael Lorenzen's on his way back sooner or later. I don't know. I mean, he the plan all along was him to be in the rotation. I don't know what it is now. They may just, you know, put him in the long relief and maybe go from there. But uh, another thing just to worry about <laughs> and at least Absolutely. keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, Toby, thank you for dropping by. Uh, if anyone doesn't know you, tell tell educate the masses on uh, where they can find all your work, uh, all about your podcast, and uh, where they can chase you down. Yeah, uh, the best place to reach me is on Twitter at batflipcrazy. I have a podcast that goes up on Tuesday nights normally with uh, Bubba from Bench with Bubba. Uh, it's the Batflip Crazy uh, Fantasy Baseball Podcast. You can find my analysis there primarily, as well as on Twitter. I do have a website, batbookcrazy.com, but I haven't updated it in quite a long time. So don't go there looking for uh, any of my work. Happy to engage on any uh, fantasy baseball-related topics. And um, this was a lot of fun. So thanks for having me, Matt. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for dropping in. Anyone will follow me on Twitter, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. Uh, follow uh, the Turn 2 Podcast at Turn 2 Podcast, my other show. Follow my work at NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. I uh, have a new uh, By the Numbers article, which will just go uh, all the advanced metrics throughout the season. You know, we're, we're going to, you know, there's only so many things you can like at so far, but every week something interesting. And uh, definitely go rate and review Circling the Bases. We are five days a week now. I do the recap show on Monday and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday, brand new show. So uh, thank you for listening to Circling the Bases. We'll be back tomorrow. See everybody. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.